Scripture reading for today is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. Uh, today we do have a guest speaker uh, in our midst. It is our privilege to have him, and especially as we celebrate um, the, the Christmas Sunday today together as one body of Christ. Uh, he's one of our uh, the global ministry partners, uh, Edward Kim. He is a missionary to Israel, to Jewish people, uh, and he's been serving as a missionary more than 30 years, about 30 years, and he's right now uh, his ministry is right now located in the Berlin, Germany, and uh, he's actively serving the community, the Jewish community, uh, reaching out with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, his ministry is called the Radical uh, Disciple of Disciples of Yeshua, and um, he's in he's in training for the Radical Disciple Making training uh, for the churches and also for uh, the Jewish believers in Jesus Christ, and. Um, yeah, he's, he's very active in everywhere. And um, now he's right now visiting us today. So we would like to welcome him once again and uh, let us receive the word of God as he shares. Let's welcome him. Shalom. It's so great to be here again and to see you guys. Um. It has been already almost five years, almost five years since I moved to uh, Berlin. Um, now I have a problem, <laughs> language problem. <laughs> I don't know what language I'm speaking. Too many languages, Hebrew, German, and English, Korean sometimes, and I just messed up and mixed up. So um, it has been a while I didn't speak English uh, because I had to uh, speak in German there. So, and you know, German's English is very similar, so uh, I messed up many times. So today I prepared my sermon um, first time, you know, um, as written. <laughs> <laughs> so that I can focus on English. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't speak German again. <laughs> if you don't understand, let me know. Uh, probably, I don't know what language I'm speaking. <laughs> um, I came back to, uh, to the U.S. Uh, just to be um, with my daughter for Christmas for two weeks. Uh, she was supposed to be here today, but uh, she didn't come. Uh, she is a soldier, um, a special force. <laughs> I don't know why she chose to be. Uh, then I fly back to Germany uh, on 28th. Anyway, uh, thank you for your prayers for us and for our ministry in Germany and um, as a uh, pastor uh, said 
um, my ministry ministry in Berlin is probably uh, I can say uh, the most grateful and the toughest mission I ever had in my life. Um, many southern Germans called uh, Berlin or Berlin in um, uh, a different country. That's you call California as a different country too. <laughs> yeah. Some of them uh, belittled Berliners by calling them uh, Berliner Schmutzig in German, which means a dirty Berliner. You know, um, Berlin is a, a beautiful city, but it is spiritually schmutzig or dirty. Because it is the most liberal city in Germany, the capital of gays, homosexuality, and hip-hop, so all kind of spiritual uh, practice, but Jesus, you know, everything, they just you name it, you know. We started our uh, Beat Yeshua Fellowship uh, last June. And it has grown to over 25 members in three months uh, with God's grace. Um, we started radical disciple-maker training in our fellowship. Our goal is to train our members as radical disciples who live, serve, and multiply with God's radical love. But the second uh, lockdown began in Germany in October, uh, November, and our worship service has been limited by, by the pandemic regulation, uh, as you have now. Half of our members have stopped coming. We don't have any online things uh, because we against. We against everything. <laughs> Pandemic regulation too. But that uh, they don't come. But we will never stop our worship no matter what cost we pay. Probably someday, you know, we'll get a um, um, penalty, some tickets, $30,000, you know. Uh, that's the price we have to pay sometimes. Maybe, I don't know, hopefully not. Um, last week, we had a Hanukkah worship service. You know Hanukkah, it's um, uh, a Jewish feast. And around 15 people came. By the regulation, we can have only eight. You know, uh, So we put the curtains, not to see from outside, and uh, we you know, tried to cover as much as we can. Yeah, and we lit the Hanukkah candle together. Then we prayed for the nations and people in Berlin. Berlin, uh, Berlin is well known uh, as um, uh, one of the most beautiful Christmas city in the world. If there's no pandemic, 
I really highly recommend to visit one day um, to uh, Berlin. And from Chicago, it's really cheap to fly. Yeah. Um, thousands of visitors used to come to Berlin to see the Christmas decoration uh, of the city, but that didn't happen this year. For the first time uh, since the Second World War, the streets are empty. I mean, literally, totally empty. And there are not many decorations either. The famous German Christmas markets are not open. No fireworks for the New Year either. The city became like a Gotham city in a, a Batman movie. Literally dark, really dark. So, but I believe, you know, uh, it is really tough time for entire world, no matter where you are. But I believe that uh, we finally have a chance to understand the true meaning of Christmas because of pandemic. Because of true, the true meaning of coming Christ as a baby was hidden behind the, behind the Santa's ho-ho-ho, Santa's plane. People forgot. Have you ever thought that the Christmas is the day uh, we have to remember the humiliation and suffering of the Messiah, Christ? Have you ever thought about it? Not as the day of Santa? The Western worldview is always trying to be positive about everything. Yeah? Not only Americans, European too. Even about the coming of Christ. Yes, being positive is a good thing, but then you miss things when you only think positively about the coming of Christ as a baby. Do you know that Christmas is the day of self-giving with a great humiliation for God? Have you thought about it? The term Christmas actually tells us meaning of self-giving love because the word Christmas is a shortened form of Christmas, uh, Christ Mass, yeah, or Christus Mass. As it was first uh, recorded in the Crusade time in, uh, in the uh, 11th century, the word Mass is a, a version of the Latin word Missa, the celebration of Eucharistic traditions of eating bread and drinking wine in memory of Jesus. This is also called Holy Communion and Lord's Supper, right? It is the uh, Holy Communion to remember Jesus who came to the world as the Lamb of Passover with great humiliation, suffering, and the death on the cross. But 
I never remember, you know, in the Western Christmas uh, celebrations, you know, talks about this humiliation. I don't remember. We read uh, Isaiah seven uh, 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 nine uh, Isaiah nine five, and we we'll, let's read again another one. Isaiah seven fourteen. Let's open the seven fourteen if you have Bibles. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now this verse tells us two things. One, a son born from a virgin, which means humiliation, humiliation of God. Two, he is God, Emmanuel. The meaning of Emmanuel is God is with, with us, yeah? But us, who is us? Humans. So when the baby came to the world, God is among humans. That's the meaning of Emmanuel. Yeah. And Isaiah 9, 5 also tells us that Jesus was born as a man, but he is God, right? For to us, a child is born to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yeah. So it is clearly uh, a child was born in Hebrew, Ben Natan. Ben is human being, okay, a human being. So Jesus is a human being, yeah, a child. And tiny baby, yeah, tiny. How big it is? This tiny baby. How we can call such a helpless tiny baby as Um, wonderful counselor, really? Mighty God? El Gibor in Hebrew? Everlasting Father? Hey, 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 wait a minute. A baby. How a baby can be a father? Everlasting Father, not only Father. Prince of Peace. Here we see a uh, serious contradictions. A helpless baby, and he is God. What the most Western people miss from Christmas is the birth of Jesus. Um, and the birth of Jesus is a day of great humiliation for God. We we'll learn uh, later. We'll talk about that. While you sing the carol song of joy, 
passing through the snow. Hey, 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 uh, you know. You also have to remember what God has done for us by coming to the world as a helpless baby. It is the day that God has emptied his divine form and gave himself to human as described in uh, Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Let's open the Philippians 2. Can you read? Anybody can read? We'll talk about this verse later. But why is it a great humiliation when a son was, is born from a virgin? Why? It has already been mentioned in Genesis uh, 3.15. Uh, can you open again uh, Genesis 3.15? So what do you see from this verse? What kind of humiliation can you see here? This is the first verse in the Bible mentioning the humiliation of Jesus. How? According to ancient Jewish tradition and the Middle Eastern culture, being called the seed of a woman was an extreme humiliation. Did you know that? All the children and all the sons in ancient Middle Eastern families were the seed of man, not woman. Being a child who had no father or being a child of a woman was a great shame for a man. Women, women were not uh, counted as part of family. At that time, the Pentateuch shows the various examples of this case. Genesis chapter five, uh, chapter four, yeah, begins with a family tree of Adam. There were only men's names listed, and all descendants were described as the man's seed, not woman. The tradition kept, you know, kids going through the Pentateuch and even in the book of uh, Exodus, same. There was no name of woman listed as, as a, you know, part of family. But we have a very interesting part. Judges. Can you open again? Judge 11. One, two. You see, Jephthah the Gileadite was described as son of a woman who, is, uh, who was a prostitute. In verse 2, he was just described as a son of, uh, 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 described as one of Bunei in Hebrew, which means woman's seed or woman's son. It was shameful for a person to be the son of a woman, especially 
one who is a prostitute. In the uh, patriarchal family structure of ancient Israel, a married wife was regarded as, as the exclusive property of her husband, not a human being. And the violation of the marriage norm was ranked as the uh, same as a murder and the major religious offenses as a transgression demanding the death penalty. You can see the case uh, uh, Leviticus or Exodus. It's written by uh, Moses. A wife was prop, uh, property belonged to a man at that time. A married wife's adultery was considered as a robbery of the husband's honor. This was the ethical rule of a patriarchal society of ancient Israel. This is the reason that the son of a woman was already cursed from his birth, and being a son of a woman was an extreme humiliation in this society. Now, God said, a seed of a woman in Genesis. Do you understand what that means? It is clear that the situation with uh, Virgin Mary is not the case of a prostitute, nor of adultery. Nevertheless, the act of Joseph, the uh, Virgin Mary's fiancé, can be understand, understandable in his cultural context. Yeah? He expressed uh, uh, this shameful emotion toward his bride, who would be a mother of child with no father. But what you have to understand, too, you know, it's not only shame to Mary, but shame to him himself. Because he engaged to Mary. And the shame come to both family. That's why he doesn't want to expose and reveal every, you know, that everybody will know. Because that's great shame to him first, before Mary. So a woman who committed adultery was regarded as a person who had a dishonored a member of society. Nevertheless, uh, Joseph was a kind and humble person, but also he considers his dignity too, himself, his dignity. Yeah. So he did not want to cause any risk to Mary's life and himself too by publicizing his fiance's pregnancy. That's very dangerous for both of them. And her husband, Mary's husband, Joseph, being a just man, un unwilling to put uh, her to shame and resolve to divorce, divorce her quietly, as written in the Matthew 1. According to Jewish Torah, Jewish law, a woman, the woman 
who became pregnant with no father meant that she might have had an inappropriate uh, relationship with a man. Who knows about the Holy Spirit? You know? And the such a woman should be stoned to death, according to Jewish Torah. Galatians, Galatians 4, verse 4, describes that Jesus was born as a son of a woman. Now you understand what that means. This means, this expressed a humiliation that Jesus had from his birth, from the point of his birth. The incredible paradox of history of salvation is that there is no salvation without humiliations. What is the humiliation of Christ needed for? Isaiah 53 explains all. So let's open, if you have a phone, whatever, please open your Bible because we're going to throw a lot of verses. Let's open Isaiah 53, verse 4. It said, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Jesus had, you know, um, actually, we have to, I have to explain a little bit the Hebrew word because the translation is you know, whether your English uh, Bibles are a little bit not uh, exact. The Hebrew said halinuhu, which means hala in Hebrew means, yes, it is a sickness. You know, uh, lexicon, lexicon meaning is sickness. But the, uh, the real original meaning uh, of the hala, Hebrew word hala is heartbroken. I mean, you know, his heart is broken. The heart is sick. That's the real meaning. So Jesus had his heart broken because of our infirmities and carried our sorrows, but people couldn't realize, recognize what Jesus was doing. It is like, a, you know, um, uh, Probably Pastor Christian will understand already, or you, you know, uh, you have many children, you know, uh, as parents. You will understand what that means when your children uh, get sick or have problem. You want to be in their place if you can, if you could, right? You cannot watch that your children get uh, suffered. That's same to our Father in heaven. Same thing. Hala who? In Hebrew, yeah. Hala who? He has heartbroken by watching what all his children on the earth, you know, going through. He couldn't watch it anymore. Sin brought sickness and suffering to the creation. 
since the harmony and perfection of creation have been contaminated. God took our sickness and pain on himself to the cross when we should have been the one to carry it and be crucified. Not God. This is because God's love and the, his love is radical and extreme. You know, in English, love, love, you know, love is everywhere. If you turn on the TV and if you turn on Spotify, listening music, love, 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 love. Love became so cheap. And it doesn't have any meaning anymore now, right? That's where we are living. But we have to understand God's love. In Hebrew, chesed, raham, emet. This God's love is so radical and extreme. If you don't agree, tell me. Let's open the First uh, Peter, second, twenty-one through twenty-five. Humiliation and self-giving is God's radical love. Isaiah uh, fifty-three five explains this. God wants to heal us and bring us shalom, peace. In uh, English, it's translated the peace, but actually, uh, shalom means uh, it's a wholeness. It's a better translation. You know, wholeness. Become perfect wholeness out of sins. Jesus was pierced because of our rebel uh, rebellions and the force against God. But through the humiliation of suffering of Jesus, God gave us shalom, holiness, and the healing. He is God, but didn't exercise any divine action during, his, during the suffering and the humiliation to give himself as sacrifice to the uh, Lord for all of human sin. As, for, as verse 10 described. Can you read Isaiah 53, 10 and 11 and 14? Uh, uh, can you read uh, 52, 14? So uh, we can see that uh, Isaiah describes the uh, plan of God's salvation through Jesus' humiliation and suffering. You know, and um, how he... Uh, what the humiliation or suffering he got uh, is explained what we read now, you know, uh, 52, Isaiah 52, verse 14. Dehumanized. I mean, he was so, you know, beaten hard. And it's really, uh, you know, uh, hard to read in the uh, Hebrew text uh, because it's the word is so strong. Mishat mi'ish. What that means in Hebrew, mishat mi'ish, means, uh, you know, meat grinder. 
Nishat means grinding. I mean, he became rather grand meat. That's the literal meaning of Hebrew. And I cannot recognize his humanity, human beings anymore. Because he got, you know, he got beaten so hard. That's the humiliation and suffering Jesus had for us. Not just, um, you know, spit on him. It's not like that. He was ground and cannot even recognize his human form anymore. Bishat mi'ish, marayhu, you know, his look cannot be recognized as human anymore. Isaiah 53, 4 uh, uh, through 6 explains, surely he took up our infirmity and carried out, carried out sorrows. Yet we consider him uh, stricken by God, smitten by him, and uh, afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was a cursed, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wound, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Let's read Philippians 2, verse 5 through 8 again, please. Uh, here are two words I have to correct a little bit. Um, you know, uh, the first one, have this attitude, actually better to have understand, have this mind, uh, and uh, humble himself, it's not actually humble. You know, the Greek word actually put down physically, you know, put himself down physically, low, low down, to, to what? To the form of, not this man, servant. Greek word, the Greek word is doulos, means slave, lower than human form, normal human form, slave. Jesus, I mean, the Christmas, you know, we are talking about the birth of Christ for Christmas, right? But this is the day that the God has given everything, including his divine form and dignity and glory and everything. But he's still God. But he didn't exercise his divinity while he went through For whom? For whom? 
This is true meaning of the coming of Christ. So what, we, what can we understand from the birth of Jesus? One, Jesus came to the world with a great humiliation from the birth. From the birth. The humiliation and suffering and self-forgiving are for our sins and transgressions. It is because of God's radical love for us. Jesus' humiliation is um, our example to follow his step, as mentioned in the first Peter second. Now the world the world is clearly in darkness for sure. I guess there is you know you you all agree about this. And I believe this is the time to remember what Jesus has done for us through his humiliation and suffering on the cross. Become a ground meat. Have you ever thought about it? Have you? His coming on Christmas is not just for jingling bells or getting gifts. It is time to remember what humiliation and suffering. Jesus had from his birth and went through to the cross. It is time to determine what we are going to do with his radical love through the humiliation and the blood on the cross. Please remember that Jesus came to the world as a light. Just a week ago, we had a celebration of Hanukkah and the lit candles. Light isn't made by itself, but by burning. When you lit candle, what happened? It burns itself. It makes light. To make light or to be light requires self-sacrifice, self-giving. This is the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas, Lamb of God, Lamb of Passover. We share the bread and his blood, wine. And God's love has been always radical. So should our love to others be. We talk about the love for Christmas, many loves, romantic love, Christmas stories. But where is 
the humiliation becoming ground meat for our sin. What is that story? That's the true love of God that he has given us. He has given himself to us. All what we have to do is just do and follow what he has done for us as sin. That's all. Let's pray. Father, we are sitting here in the darkness. Don't know what happened, what will happen, what's going on. But we don't care. Because you are Almighty God. You are the Creator. You are the Lord of the universe. And only we should care is how to be light in this darkness. You gave us incredible, radical love by humiliation and suffering and death on the cross. That's what we have to share through our life too. Father, Father, give us courage and challenges to be a light in this darkness, no matter what. We die, we die, but our kingdom is there. Thank you, Lord, Father. Make us lights. All of us, make us lights of Christ. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Yeshua, pray. Amen.